Every single day I feel Artlist I.O. Every single day I feel the pleasure Double up the work, let's make it extra Working so my mother get a rest, yeah Working like I never know I'm blessed, yeah Every single day I feel the pressure Welcome back to the What Are You Made Up show here in Dallas Studios. It's your boy, C-Rock in the building. I got another great guest for you today, and we're going to find out what she's made of. But before we do that, I want to thank all of you for joining me. Thank you, uh, you know, for the support of, of this show, my movement, and also the What Are You Made Of. Um, I'm sorry, the, that one here, that one, merch.com, that, the number one, merch.com. Go check it out, hats, hoodies, and T-shirts, and all the other stuff that's on there. But we want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to express the fact that they're that one, which means being unapologetically yourself and leaning into it, not worrying about what people think. I think that's where we get the most benefit out of life. So today we have Danielle Hayden in the building. I always say in the building, Danielle, I keep like, I'm like, wait a minute. She's in a building, but she's not in this building. <laughs> we are all virtual. <laughs> Although people that are listening may not know that, like if they're just listening to the audio part. But anyway, uh, this show is unscripted and it's raw. So I don't, I don't worry about being polished and perfect. So, But anyway, uh, Danielle's here. She's a reformed corporate CFO who is on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable processes. Uh, profits, I'm sorry. After spending 10 plus years in the boardroom as a corporate finance officer, Danielle is now in her sweet spot as the CEO of Kickstart Accounting Inc., where she helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial analysis, and education, and as the author of the Profit Planner book series. When Danielle isn't in her money mindset, you can find her hiking or spending time with her family. And also the podcast you have, what is it called? Balanced by the Books. Balanced by the Books podcast. Go check that out, guys, as well. And also, you can go to kickstartingaccounting.com, oh, kickstartingaccountinginc.com, and yeah, you can learn more. Yeah, the ink is more. important. Yeah, don't forget the ink. The I, have, ink I have a company called People Building, and I have to have the ink in there as well. So yeah. kickstartaccountinginc.com, and you can find out all you need to know. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So let me ask you a question. I always start this show the same way. That question is, what are you made of? You know, I think it's hard work and hustle. Um, as I was preparing for the show, thinking about the people around me, my work ethic, and I hope that my team and my kids and my family would all say the same thing. That's that's big deal right there. It is big, big deal. You know, um, a lot of people don't understand. They see people making money. They see people having some success and then... They don't get to see the journey to success, right? The work that's put in, you know, the, the support that we have from the people around us, the sleepless nights sometimes, or you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh no, I forgot I had to deal with this, you know, and, uh, you know, it's huge. So let me ask you a question. When you were in corporate, what was your favorite thing about working in corporate that you miss since you left? Oh, good question. I'm going to ask that. Um, my team and working with the board of directors, the private equity firm, the investors, you know, at Kickstarter County Inc., we don't have any investors. Um, we don't have that type of private equity. And I learned so much from having that, you know, one, preparing for those board meetings, going out in front of those investors, raising capital. And um, that would be the one piece that I, I missed because I learned so yeah. much from them. Yeah. And you know, the education part of it, but like, is it something that you found benefit in being an entrepreneur now that it's okay that you lost that part? 
Is it like, is there like, you know, the, the gain has been so much better? Oh, well, I learned everything from them. And now I like twisted and turned everything that I learned from working with them, um, working with the investors, working with that management team, my CEOs. And I took it all and I adjusted it so that we can use those same strategies for small business owners. So the men and women we work with, you know, they are getting access to information that historically small business owners didn't have access to. Small business owners have thought about, I need to know my bookkeeping. I need to know my numbers to avoid paying taxes. Like, no, my friend, you need to know your numbers because you need to be able to manage your business. You need to be able to hire, fire, grow, invest, be strategic. It's not about your taxes at all. I mean, it is, but that's last on the list. It's more about managing your business and managing your wealth. Yeah. You know, I've uh, been an entrepreneur for a long time. And when I was talking about in the green room about being in the mortgage business, I ran a P&L for a long time. What, like 17 years? And I got so good. I know, listen, I know you're, you're going to probably say oh, you shouldn't do that. But I got so good that I didn't even need to look at the books. And I would get in this in my head. And I was so, I'm not trying to blow smoke here or puff my, whatever they say. <laughs> but like, I, I was surprised at this. I would go look at the thing and I'd be like, Holy cow, how can I be that close? Because there's a lot of things going on in the mortgage business, in and outs and, yeah. and salaries and all that kind of stuff, advertising. So um, I'll, I think that there are some people, business people that do that, but it's so important to have the stuff documented, clarity. I mean, clarity gives you like freedom from stress of the business, the financial part of it, so that you know like exactly where to focus your attention because it takes up a lot of space in your head, the lack of clarity, right? Yeah. Can you speak to that? My first, I, I just want to say like you, you knew it so well. And I, and I love that you just said that because your job was never the bookkeeping piece, right? So like people, business owners will come to us and say, Oh, do I need to know QuickBooks? I am trying to do everything myself. I'm scared to hire. Um, I I'm, I'm trying to do everything. And I always tell people your job as the business owner is not to actually do the work. Your job as the business owner is to know the numbers, to know what they mean to you. And so that clarity piece is when you have bookkeeping that is accurate and delivered to you on a timely basis throughout the year, right? You don't have to worry about anything other than seeing that high level report, those financial statements. We do what we call a snapshot for our clients. So get this high level mm -hmm. PDF overview. That clarity right there, there's nothing to worry about. You know that everything is being done, that it's accurate, that you can look at it, and your job is to do the critical thinking. Your job is to ask yourself what's working, what's not working, what should I do more of, what should I stop doing, um, and be strategic with the information. I mean, it's complete clarity. Yeah, yeah. How's, how's AI and all this, the evolution of AI affecting what you do? So to me, AI is like non-existent. So I, and we actually did um, a podcast episode on this. AI cannot replace humans in, in my opinion, in anything, but especially in accounting. There's so much thought and intention that goes behind what we do. You cannot AI cannot replace being strategic, being thoughtful, verifying accuracy. And so for us, it 
doesn't play, it actually causes us issues because QuickBooks and their AI tools pretends like it knows where transactions should go. And QuickBooks will come out with these rules. I mean, it causes a complete disaster. Mm. And when clients come to us because they were doing their own bookkeeping and now they're having us do it, they have all these AI rules programmed into their system. And we have to back all of that out because nine times out of 10, they're wrong and they're going to the wrong places. So we've put so much thought behind our framework like what we do and the way we serve our clients, there's so much thought behind the framework in which we use to set up our, our, our clients, the way we use to set up everything, that there's no place for AI. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, you know, I haven't thought about the CFO part and the accounting part yet, but um, everything else I said that about, like what you just said, I've been proven wrong. I just got back from Miami last week, AI event, and some of the stuff that I saw would like just blew my mind. Like, and I know, by the way, I'm in AI and I work in AI with all a bunch of different things and still was, have my mind blown. So. Hey, look, if, if AI could blow my mind, that'd be great because I, I mean, my number one expense is people. Yeah. I'm a yeah. business. Our number one expense is people. And if there was a place for AI in the business that could save us time, money, and efficiency, I'm all for it. We actually just recently um, launched a new software platform that integrates with QuickBooks that's going to save our team, I mean, hundreds of hours this year. And there's there's a, a play, there's a tool in there that's part of AI, but I'm here for it. Like if it if it can be correct, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> so here's basically what I heard. Okay, the AI can talk to each other now, right? And then they can create different positions of AI in your company, which is a, like a human being kind of thing. And then they start talking to each other. And they basically, they got to spend time with you or that person in the position that they're going to replace. <laughs> and, and so if you go on vacation, as, on that. well, if you go on vacation as the CEO, right? After it learns you, they, your team can come to that AI, Danielle, and they can say, what should we do here? And then that AI, Danielle would answer like you. So like that kind of stuff. It's just, it's just pretty wild. Anyway, I won't go too deep down that rabbit hole right now, but I want to know more about you, Danielle. So what did, where did you come from? How did you get into what you're doing in the first place? And, uh, cause this shows about what are you made of? And I, I want to hear like, where did the work ethic come from? Where did the, the idea of getting into financial side of things and also being an entrepreneur come from? Yeah, it's really interesting. I've, um, like so many other business owners had a nice windy roller coaster road. Um, I actually, um, started off as a creative. So I was a hairstylist. So I was doing hair, working behind the chair and I went back to Which school. Which is also known as a therapist. Yes. I was definitely a therapist for sure. <laughs> um, and I loved it. I loved what I did. Here's the crazy part is that every evolution of my career that I've had, I never left one position because I hated it. Like I freaking loved what I did. Um, I, I went back to school cause I wanted to, um, I wanted to open up my own hair salon. So I went for entrepreneurship, ended up an accountant, got my master's in accounting, uh, sat for my CPA and fell in love with corporate. I fell in love with it. I loved working with the management team. I loved working with the CEOs, board of directors. I loved it. Um, I knew that there was power in knowing numbers. So when I was behind the chair, I would use the numbers to hit every sales goal. I would use the numbers to help my entire salon. It wasn't my job. It was passion to help them 
understand the numbers so that they can hit their goals and us as a team can hit our goals. And I was like, there's something to this numbers thing, right? Um, and fast forward, um, coming out of corporate, I ended up an entrepreneur, very different entrepreneur, <laughs> uh, work, working, working in accounting now. But you know that that hard work. Um, I come from a hardworking family. My both my parents are hard workers. Um, I had my daughter very young, um, and what's very I, young, by the way? I was twenty. That's subjective. Twenty. 20. Okay. Yeah. I felt very young. I, I, I was born when I'm my not mom qualified was, for the job. Yeah, I think I was. My mom was nineteen or twenty when I was born, but that's cool because like as the kid gets older, you're still going to be a young mom, so that's cool. Well, so she's going off to college this year. She's um, it's her freshman year of college. So yeah, we're still um, yeah. See, I'm, I'm young enough to be. Anyway, like, be I didn't young. mean to interrupt your story. I just, okay. I just okay. but it's a big part of the hardworking, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I wanted my daughter to be cared for. We needed to make sure one that we didn't need anybody. It was her and I um, that we were going to be able to not just have a life, but a really good life. And, um, I wanted her to know that she could stand on her own two feet and that the world is her oyster, right? Like we came from, I was working behind a chair to building a seven figure business with 25 team members. Um, she actually shared with me this week that she does not ever want to be an entrepreneur because she sees what mm-hmm. I, I do that broke my heart. Um, but she knows it's possible, right? If she wants right. to, yep. it's, it's there for her. if She wants it. Yeah. And then, so I love it. So from there, you know, leaving corporate, uh, a lot of people that are in the financial side of things aren't good salespeople or marketers. Right. And uh, you were creative because you, you, you know, listen, doing hair and everything is, is got to be creative. Right. And you're talking to people. So there's no problem talking to people, but the, the like that part with your business, like, how did you uh, have a, like, what was your go to market strategy when you first started? And did you have issues with marketing and sales? Um, I think I'm actually a salesperson at heart. I'm a salesperson okay. who became an accountant, uh, not the other way around. Gotcha. Um, I, it, it's funny. I, I, I often think I left the salon cause I just wanted to sit in my office and it'd be quiet. Like I didn't want to talk anymore. I was always talking and now it's what I do for a living. It's <laughs> talk all day. So I came full circle. I'm just talking about, um, numbers now rather than yeah. problems. I'm talking about how we could take their problems and solve them through numbers. Um, so when we, when we, when we started the business, um, I originally started with a business partner. Um, I had sent an email to a firm um, who was uh, they're here in Ohio. And I said, Hey, I want to be just like you when I grow up. Um, any shoulda, woulda, couldas that you would do differently. And this man sent me like a three page email back with, it was so kind. And so I came into entrepreneurship thinking entrepreneurship is not cutthroat. It is supportive. Um, Entrepreneurs support each other because he didn't have to do that. Um, And he said the number one thing that he would do differently is focus on networking. And so it started with boots on the ground networking. I mean, that's what I did. Um, Almost every night was some type of networking event. Um, being present with people, connecting. Um, later, it became podcasting and, and speaking. So uh, about 2018, I found podcasts and that there was an avenue where you can go and guest on other people's podcasts. And I haven't shut up since. This is my favorite thing. 
sometimes I just don't feel like talking. You know, like, have you? did you find social audio ever? Like Clubhouse or Twitter no. Spaces or any yeah. of that stuff? Yeah. Were you ever yeah. on there? No, it wasn't my jam. Okay. So, so I would be on there, business rooms or, you know, networking room, marketing, whatever. But like, even, you know, sometimes I would open my own room to kind of do a show, right? Just because I feel like doing some entertainment, but like, sometimes I'm just not creative. I don't feel like I'm creative. I don't feel like talking. And some days I've done, by the way, Danielle, I don't know if you know this, but I've done over 950 podcasts in the last four years. And I'm talking not just my own show, I'm talking about guesting. And man, some days, seven to 10 a week, I would get on shows and I'd be just like, I don't feel like being here. (laughs) So I didn't have anything to say. Like sometimes I didn't have anything. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing is that when I leave these four walls, my office, I don't want to talk to them out there. And so that, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the hard part, right? So yeah. after, at the end of the day, I mean, some, there's times I'll put my headphones in so that my, my, my husband and my family think that I'm, I'm listening. I'm not even listening to anything. I just want them to talk to me because I don't want to talk anymore. So I, 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 yes. I hear you. So how do we, I, wait a minute. So how do we, how do we fix that? Because family's important. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the dynamic with business success and having a good home life. How have you conquered that? Or are you still, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress for me. I, I love what I do. I, I, for me, working is easy and I, I, I wake up so excited for my job every day. Um, and not that I, I don't love my family. My kids are older now, so it's not the same, yeah. you know, like yeah. my, yeah. my daughter's 18, my son's 14. They don't need me in the same way. So it used to be like, let's, let's go outside and play basketball. Let's let's go to the yeah. zoo. You know, they don't want to do those things with me. So I think when I'm, when I'm there, it's just about being 100% present. So um, when we do like last night, we didn't eat a fancy meal. We were all sitting on the couch eating, eat, eating dinner, like on the couch. Fine. That's where they wanted to sit. And I didn't know where my phone was. It didn't matter. You know, you just were a hundred percent present in that moment and I don't get a lot of them, but I just try to make the most yeah, that's cool. of each of them. And even yeah. with my husband, like we go walking every night. That's our big thing. So at the end of the day, it's not, do you feel like walking? Are we walking? We did 75 hard last year and it just got us in a routine that every night, you know, we're not pouring drinks. We're not going to the bar. We're not having dinner. Like we put on our shoes, we get the dogs and we go for a walk. And that's how we, we connect. That's awesome. I love it. By the way, how long have you been married? So we've only been married 18 months, but we've been together for 10 years. 10 years. Okay. Well, 10, let's say 10 years. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been married 20, 20, almost 21 now. So, um, you know, I've done different businesses and all that. And that dynamic at home is like, it's like figuring out a Rubik's Cube because we don't always have the the blueprint for that. Right. You know, and I, I have a 17 year old and 11 year old and, you know, it's just figuring it all out. But one thing, what did your husband do for work? So he's in IT. Um, but he wants a nine to five, like he wants to yeah. go to work and come home. And he's yeah. another one that he's like, I see what you do. And I'm just not really that interested in that. Um, yeah. so I'm the only one that like, I get up on Saturday morning, sometimes at like five in the morning and I'm like, oh, nobody's up. Nobody's at work. I can go downstairs and crank out content. I can write <laughs> for my podcast. You know what I mean? I can think about strategy. And so I go downstairs and I'm all like, I'm all excited. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's I love it. And then, so how long has the business been going? Nine years. Nine years now. Okay. And so what has, like in that nine years with your expertise that you have and everything, have you been able to really, um, 
I guess like evolve the way you want it to. Cause like to me, like I get bored quick. I don't know about you, but like when I'm running my business, I always have targets and I want to grow. And you know, every month try to set a record every month. Cause I'm a sales, I'm in sales market, yeah. you know, but like the evolution of the business too. It's like, you have this main service for us, like in, in the agency, it's podcast booking, but I'm also looking for other verticals, right. To help revenue pump revenue. Do you look at that and it has that evolved in nine years? So, um, my team has to keep me focused. Um, it has evolved. When we first started, we were a CFO outsource firm. I wanted to help other people be the CFO of their business. I wanted to be the CFO of their business. Yeah. And what I realized is that I couldn't go into most, um, most business owners and help them with that because they didn't even have, like I couldn't look at their budget or build a strategy because they didn't even have bookkeeping in place. So without numbers, I couldn't do anything else. And so first year we were trying to be a CFO. I was trying so hard to, you know, fit a circle into a, or if it was, yep. spit a square into a round, round hole. Yep. And so I said, all right, we need to do bookkeeping. So now, so at, at that point we pivoted and we started using bookkeeping. And then we, I said, all right, hold on. How do we merge these two together? And so I think it was like year three or four, we started to build out our framework. And our framework now is that we use bookkeeping as the vehicle to help business owners understand their business, right? So we started adding elements of CFO work to the bookkeeping. So once the bookkeeping is done, now that we have that, that foundation, now I can do your budget. Now I can help you with cash flow forecasting. Now I can do your tax return because as a CPA, I'm not touching your tax return. If you give me receipts, that's wrong. I, I can do everything else now that the foundation is created. So I, I read this book, Built to Sell. I actually just recently got to meet John Warlow and I told him how much of a fan I am. Um, so John Warlow changed my business and we created this framework. And now we stay laser focused. We do bookkeeping in the same way for every single client. My team sends out the same financial statements using the same snapshot with the same podcast to every single client. Nobody gets anything different. Here's the problem. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to add, I know we could add HR services because we do payroll. I know that we could, um, we ought launch courses this year. Um, I want to do everything else. And so my team has to keep me, Danielle, we stay here. We have to stay focused because that we, this is where we double down on our growth is by doing what we do and we do it well. Yeah. But isn't there a time where you could add these other things and it makes sense too? Maybe. Or it's a distraction. Yeah. So that's why I always think about, so I have uh, like, I know, well, here's, here's, I'm going to talk, let's, let's talk about little specifics. Okay. Cause I'm a very transparent guy. I talk yeah. to people about my business all the time. So I have my business and as you're building that, especially a startup, with podcast booking, we have systems and processes we have to build. We have uh, the, the network that we have, which is over a thousand shows now, okay, which is great. But we still have to fulfill what we sell. So I can go market. My, my, my following is pretty big. I can market and bring it in and bring it in and bring it in. And it goes to Todd. And then Todd talks to the people and sells them and gives them the idea of what we're doing for them. And they come in. But when they come in, I got to make sure we fulfill. And I had a lady buy two times, once back-to-back -back months. We don't even have these packages, but we had to make it up. 100, 100 shows from us, right? Now that's going to last over a year's time, but nonetheless, it's 100 shows. And then I have other people buying 15, 30, 60 show packages and all this. Well, these people come in, 
we got to make sure we fulfill, right? So as I'm building and I, I can only scale the team so much at a time because of the cash flow as it's coming in, right? So, but I want revenue numbers up here. So what I think to myself is, okay, we can build this and we're, and we're building the numbers as we go and we're building the team so we can start to scale. But if I want more revenue now, because I have a certain lifestyle I want to live and investments that I want to make, I have to create other avenues while I'm doing this to get that revenue on things that I don't have to fulfill. Maybe I can be top of funnel for things and I can do these other things and add these other things around it. So I fight this thing in my mind all the time. Like I need to stay focused on this, but the revenue needs to go higher, faster. So that's why we created the courses. So um, this year we launched three courses, um, Money Mindset Mastery, Finance Framework, and Strategic Framework. Still, the mission's the same, helping business owners use their numbers to manage their business, grow their business. So we still teach the same thing, but that's that's a great example, like that we we my team doesn't need to fulfill the courses, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I fulfill the courses one time and it can it can sell. So we can still bring people in. But we have a very similar problem. And and my role has changed, right? So as we've we've grown, yeah, you know, we have 25 team members. So now my job, I have this this post-it note right here on my my computer that sits here every day. That what my focus is is to lead leaders. And to not be the business, right? My job isn't to do a great client call because I could get on a client call and, and love it, right? Like it's exhilarating helping. Mm -hmm. That's not my job. Literally, I'm fired from the job. I'm not allowed to do it. My job is to lead leaders and so that my team can continue to grow and my account managers can continue to grow their team members. And so my role role has has changed. And I think that's another like, huge I don't know, they don't tell you about that, right? <laughs> like how much your your job as a business owner, how much it changes. And I could hire somebody to replace me, but I love what I do. Yeah, yeah. I think it's finding your genius and what you really are good at and what you like and figuring out a way to get paid to do that part and then yeah. get somebody else to do all the other stuff. Yes. You know, so yeah, I love that. All right, podcasting. You said you got into podcasting, you do a lot of it. I want to know like about your show and being a guest too on shows, what has it done for you personally and what has it done for your business? So I originally started guesting on other people's shows first and I'm so glad that I started that way rather than having my own show because what I got to learn during that time is what people wanted to know. So I learned what hosts ask and how they ask it and it helped me learn what what entrepreneurship, right? Like what business owners needed to know about, about finance and specifically the way that we did it and how we answered that question. And so I found my voice. I always say, I, I, I think, um, her name's Angie Trueblood. Um, she's the first person I, I worked with. She, and she helped me find my voice. She coached me during that time. Um, and then it pivoted, um, because I had clients asking me, so when's the next time your show is going to drop? And I'm like, I don't have a show. I'm like, well, I want to hear what you have to say. When's it coming out? So we launched Entrepreneur Money Stories. That was our podcast. And um, we were doing a mix between guest episodes and then solo episodes that were more how-to. We were getting such good feedback on how-to episodes. We said we need to do more of that. And you know, what's interesting is now having my own show I have to create so much content and be so thoughtful that it helps me be a better guest on other people's show because I'm constantly thinking about how do I want to say this differently? 
um, how does this make more sense? Even just at the gym this morning, I was like, oh, I want to talk about that. You know, it, like, I want to talk about how this connection of being sore, you know, how it relates to business, you know what I mean? And I'm, but I'm constantly thinking, and, and that makes me be a better guest on your show. Um, so we're rebranding the podcast. Uh, it's business by the book. So we're from entrepreneur money stories to business by the books. And we're getting a little bit narrow in what we talk about. We want to specifically talk about how to use your numbers to manage your business because we think that there's so much juice there. It's not the fancy tax strategies. It's really about being an, an intentional leader of your numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's important, man. If you don't know your numbers. Like, look, this is a game. Everything in life to me is a game, especially business is a game. And, and the games keep score. So it's like, how you're not looking at your numbers. Like, what are you doing every day? You're like, it's like playing basketball and, you know, like, I don't even know what, I don't know bouncing the ball around and you're not just shooting you get, or whatever. So I, tell, I tell this story all the time. So my, my son, he's 14 now, but we had this uh, basketball court in the, in the backyard. Um, and he loves basketball. So we used to go out there and play. And there was a time where I was teaching him. And so I could still win the game. So we kept score. Um, there was a time period where he started to get better than me. And I was like, oh, Cam, let's, we don't, we don't need to keep score anymore. Let's just play for fun. How about, how, how about horse again? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to keep score anymore, but I say, tell that story all the time because I think as business owners, we're scared about what our numbers are going to tell us. We have this report card effect. Remember in grade school, like, I don't know about you, but my parents grounded me. So I am a classic entrepreneur. I talk too much. I daydream. I didn't pay attention. I hated school and I got grounded every quarter. Without fail, report came out. I was grounded, didn't motivate me. I went, all right, perfect. Grounded again, got that quiet time. Now we we just taught our kids and, and, and every business owner out there that every quarter they're going to get a report and it's going to tell them if they passed or failed. Mm -hmm. Instead of how about your numbers telling you the lessons that you learned and just a metric, just a metric yeah. and a way to keep score on the game. Take the emotion off of it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. love it. Well, look, I want to uh, make sure everybody knows where to go to learn more. It's kickstartaccountinginc.com. And by the way, I want to ask this question as we wrap up here, what's the size business that like really starts to need you guys? Yeah. Um, at about, we start working with business owners around six figures. So under that, you don't know that it's working. Your business is working yet. You're still figuring it mm -hmm. out. Um, we're often our clients first hire because you need to file your tax return at the end of the year. Um, and we work with clients up to about $3 million in sales. After that, we tell people that you really need somebody in, in house. You need that infrastructure. Um, but starting at a hundred thousand dollars in revenue, you need to file your return. You need to be able to make business decisions. Um, and you do not need to be the expert in your business. Awesome. Thank you, Danielle. Hang tight while I wrap this up. Danielle Hayden, everybody. Kickstartaccountinginc.com. Go check it out. It's your boy C-Rock here in the What Are You Made Of or in that one studio on the What Are You Made Of show. Until next time, be that one. Music licensing reimagined.